Once more with podcast. Hola! Hello! Welcome to Once More with Podcast. No, I said it first. <laughs> but we never really know how to start this. No, we... we just, like, every other podcast, I think, has like a professional way of like introducing themselves. And they, you know, they're See? like, oh, hi, I'm Dave and I'm John. And this is So-and-So Podcast. And we're just See? like, nah. Literally all the podcasts I listen to, I feel like they kind of start out with this kind of like after just chatting like before they they start recording uh and they have like this little chat and then the producer or whomever includes the little pre-recording chat after introduction I so you're just kind of thrown in, in into the middle of a conversation and that's like the start of the podcast i, I don't think that we should do that <laughs> i don't think we should do that i like that uh i just think that People would be a bit confused and they'd be like, what are they actually talking about? You mean when I started the podcast, like, and then the poodle said <laughs> that <laughs> it wasn't going to work on Tuesday, but <laughs> maybe on Friday. <laughs> that makes no sense to you? <laughs> well, it makes perfect sense to me because I know the context of what the poodle is oh, trying sure. to say, uh, sure. but no one else does. So that could be problematic, I think. But... Um, Hello, this is us. Hi, we're here. I'm Taki. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Athena. Yes, and you are. <laughs> and yeah, welcome to the show. <laughs> what are we talking about this month? <laughs> <laughs> we're so professional. Um, well, I wanted to mention a couple of things before we start start because no. I've written up some notes. Um, no. It's the first time for everything in life. So we hit a couple of really cool milestones this month. So I was like really, really, really excited about them. And then I told Taki and she was really, really excited about them. She probably can't remember what they are because she's slept since then. But this because month... What? <laughs> but this month, uh, we hit our thousandth download on the podcast, which is really cool because, you know, we're a really small podcast. Uh, we're not as big as some of the other Buffy podcasts out there. We only record once a month and a lot of them record weekly. So they have like four times the amount of episodes that we do. Um, and um, and yeah, we we still managed to get a thousand downloads. So, wow. Thank you. <laughs> because we do it with flair. <laughs> and um yeah, so we were really surprised and really sort of humbled to sort of hit that milestone. But that's I was more not... like I was more like anxiety ridden because that's a lot of people listening to us yammer on, which we do, and that's a little bit and that made me a little bit anxious <laughs> <laughs> putting that out there. Oh, do you, do you need to talk about it? Do, we, do you want to lie down on this sofa and, and, and we can discuss your feelings? Actually, I do, but I would prefer <laughs> if it was with someone like Angel and he could, like, massage my feet and ask me about my day. <laughs> okay, yeah. enough of your fantasies. Obviously, <laughs> some, obviously some sort of book fetish thing going on there, but let's not talk about that. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to mention was um, we get statistics from our podcast host 
just kind of really basic statistics about um, how many downloads we get in a day. And to be honest, the most downloads we've ever got in the past was 30, uh, which I was like, oh, my God, we've had 30 downloads. That's amazing. Like, I was off my tree, like, happy. And then I randomly checked it the other day and found out we'd had 61 in a day. And I messaged Taki straight away. And I was like, oh, my God. Sent her a picture. Oh, my God. Look at how many downloads we've got. This is amazing. And, um, yeah. My immediate, re- my immediate reaction was, what the frack happened that day? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe it's like our families or something just like randomly downloading, but. It doesn't look like it, so it looks like they are genuine people genuinely downloading our genuine podcast. Um, so we're very grateful and very happy. You want to say and, genuine again? Uh, genuinely, yes. Genuine. <laughs> I'm so genuine. Genuinely, you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and to be honest, the only... Well, obviously, we, we joined Instagram for our anniversary month. And I also uh, set up a Tumblr account that I just basically link to the Instagram. And uh, because apparently the fandom is very rampant on Tumblr. So all I can do is kind of think that maybe it's a mix of Instagram and Tumblr. And all of this PR is courtesy of Athena because I still don't understand what Tumblr is. And... uh... Well, I do understand Instagram, but you did such a good job with that that I'm not going to interrupt your flow. Because <laughs> I just saw the little girl you posted. Oh, she's little girl dressed, uh, This little girl dressed as Prophecy Girl Buffy, and it was precious. I know. And the thing is, is I, I on Instagram, I like randomly search like Buffy hashtags and stuff like that, and I think, oh, you know, what's going on in the world of Buffy fandom today, and and I came across this picture of this little girl. I was like, oh, my God, she is the most precious. Listeners, if you haven't seen this picture of this little girl on our Instagram, then go and check her out. She has got the dress. She's got the jacket. She's got the little crossbow. And she is just the cutest thing you will ever see. And I'm, I'm just so impressed with people who go out and, you know, like get those kind of costumes that look a lot like the show. Yeah, the cosplay. And yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like, that takes a lot of work and probably a lot of money. And I'm <laughs> I'm just way too lazy for stuff like that. So I'm just, like, I bow in awe of those yeah. people because it looks so cool. Like, the final product, product looks so cool when they do it. <clears throat> and I can't imagine how hard it was to find all those things, like, child-sized. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean... Personally, I'm too tight <laughs> to, to even think about spending all that money, but they they must spend a fortune. And, uh, yeah, so the, the first thing I did when I saw that picture was I messaged, because obviously her mother had put it on her Instagram, and so I messaged her mother, and I just said, look, is this okay for me to, you know, repost this? And she said, yep, yeah, sure, go for it. In her post, she basically says that, that it's literally a little mini cosplay. They're going to, like, some con or something. And, yeah, I think it's really amazing that this little girl is going as a little mini Buffy. I think it's really sweet. So, yeah, I mean, just just on a side note, I have given Taki all of the information she needs to post on the Instagram. And I keep telling her, please post something on the Instagram, because it's turning into, like, Athena's Instagram right now. (laughs) 
But um, I, d- I tend to sort of post on behalf of the both of us. And then if it's something that's just me, I tend to just put my name after it. But Like when it's Spike? Yeah. Well, you're not going to post the Spike stuff. Although I might start posting some Angel stuff and then, like, tag it with, like, not Tarky or something like that so that people know it's not you, but it is kind of you because that's the sort of stuff that you like. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe you could just log in and, you know, post some stuff. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there, you know? Yeah, I can't remember to log in anymore because oh. you're like, well, you're one of those people who has, like, ridiculously complex passwords. Like, our Instagram account is, like, Fort Knox because that's what people want to hack. The ones more with podcasts and Instagram. <laughs> I take internet security very seriously. Very seriously. You're kind of a damn squid about it. <laughs> a damn squid. <laughs> I told you it's Squib. It's not I squid. know, and I don't care. I want it to be a squid. <laughs> Just so listeners are aware of uh, what I have to deal with on a daily basis from Taki, I get WhatsApp messages from her with pictures of squids. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she keeps saying damp squid to me because she knows it winds me up because it's damp squib. And, uh, yeah, so yesterday I sent her a picture of some actual squid <laughs> and it was traumatizing <laughs> uh, we're funny uh genuinely we i think we think we're funny but i think people listening are like oh jesus what have we subscribed to god delete 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 and then <laughs> all those 61 downloads are going to be like thinking oh bollocks <laughs> well then they are damp squid squid <laughs> yes <laughs> never were yeah we there are actually a lot of them and uh, obviously for the purposes of this podcast we will not be discussing angel in any way no because that was the spin-off that was yes <laughs> and as fantastic as angel is it lasted for five seasons so it doesn't need to be talked about we will well it does need to be talked about but it does not need to be talked about in context with the spin-offs that never got off the ground well if you were gonna wait that's what i was gonna say yes but i have no patience you're so slow sometimes <laughs> this is true so uh and also we're not really going to be discussing any of the comic spin-offs either as cool as the likes of fray and so far because it's it's a spin-off but it's a developed spin-off so we're not really going to go there but yeah. We might mention uh, just say that we're, focusing, we're focusing on the Spike, Faith, and Ripper spinoffs that never were. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, was, that took way too long for you to respond to. Well, that's just, what I thought we were doing. <laughs> yes, that's what we are doing. I was just living up to my expectation of you think that I'm really slow. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we wanted to talk about the spinoffs that were mooted, but kind of never came to fruition. There was a a Spike movie that was talked about. There was a show about Faith. And there was also a show about Giles as Ripper. So, So, I know that you put up a poll on the boards. I did. Asking people uh, which which one they would have preferred to see. 
And I don't know if you have checked that one to see what the results were. I have. Oh, you have. Okay. Because I'm a professional. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) Yes. So obviously we we gave people on the boards the choice of the three. So it was the Ripper spinoff, the Faith spinoff and the Spike spinoff. So the question we asked was which character deserved a spinoff show the most out of those three. And with only two votes was Spike. So he came last. And in second place was Ripper with nine votes. And way, way in the lead with 18 votes was Faith. Wow. Um, So, yeah, Faith ended up with 62%. I guess people really wanted uh, a Faith the Vampire Slayer uh, show. So which one was your pick? Um, Do you know what? I don't actually remember. (laughs) Because I, I didn't vote, but I just meant, like, which one would you have, if you, oh, okay. if, if I, I put the question now. I think one? I did actually vote, but I can't actually remember what it was. But I'm going to guess that I voted for Ripper. These are the kind of informed decisions Athena makes in life, <laughs> where she just makes them, and then she forgets about them. Yeah, well, to be honest, I didn't think that my... <laughs> point of view was going to be that important in a podcast where I'm talking about my point of view which yeah okay I get it I get it and, so. and I mean meanwhile I didn't vote because I was like I'm not sure if we are voting or if we should just talk about our views separate from all the other members views um so like, what would your choice have been um I'm torn between faith and ripper actually uh, maybe that was why I didn't vote. Okay. Because uh, I feel like a Ripper show would have been, I mean, it would immediately have had to have been so different from both Buffy and Angel that I think that would have been the potential for success. Because, I mean, like, Sp- Spike is a lot like Angel with really different hair. Uh, yeah. So that show would have had to struggle with separating Spike from just being another kind of vampire show. And the Faith one would have had to work really hard to separate Faith from the Buffy show. Mm-hmm. So it feels like Ripper would have been, like, the true, like, original piece to come out of it. So, uh, yeah, long story short, I think I'm going to go with Ripper. It would just have been really great to see Giles explored as a lead character. Because I think that there was so much... I mean, since he was the adult on Buffy, you really didn't get to see a lot about him or, like, everything was kind of filtered through the children's perspective, so to speak. Yeah. And he was always, more or less, the adult in the room, and we never really got his true point of view. So it would have been great to see a Ripper show and to explore, like, his past and how he got to be a watcher and... All of that would have been fantastic, I think. Okay, so that's the end of the podcast then. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> um, I thought it would actually be a really cool idea if we went through kind of each one individually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, considering he got the least amount, let's start with Spike. Because yeah. Spike, obviously, uh, he didn't have the love on the boards and... Like you said, it's it's actually really easy to see why we wouldn't need a spin-off. Because I think it was it was a proposed movie. It wasn't a TV show, but... Yeah, it was a TV I, movie. Yeah, I can really understand. As much as I love the character, I can really understand why we 
don't actually need to see that. His story mirrors Angel's story, which we've seen, and also his central arc on both Buffy and Angel was kind of complete, especially on Buffy. He started out in season two, he grew as a character until he gained his soul, and then he sacrificed himself to save the world, and that's it. I can't see how his story could be any any more, you know, whether how there could be any more growth in that. Um, I'm sure Spike fans, other Spike fans would disagree with you. Uh, and I'm sure some would agree. I would definitely agree because I don't think he's an interesting character. <laughs> but because um, there is so little information about it, I asked one of our very dear members, Priceless, uh, for some information about what has been going on with Spike in the comic books, because it does say on Wikipedia that a couple of, like, the ideas that they had for shows were incorporated into the comic books. So, mm-hmm. first of all, I, I there was a, an interview on CBR TV in 2014 when they asked James Marsters himself about it and, and about the TV movie and how Joss kind of called him up and went, like, hey, I want to do a TV movie about Spike. Do you have any ideas? Uh, and James was like, I'm ready to do whatever you want. Just hit me with it. And Joss was like, I have no ideas. What do you have? And then James' idea was that um, Spike would, um, he would be struggling because he just had a soul and so he couldn't, like, support himself anymore by like mugging people or killing people because now he knows or feels that that is wrong and so his idea was that Spike would lose the girl and he would like start losing fights to demons because he's basically starving and he can't support himself and his clothes are falling apart and his shoes are falling apart so his idea for the TV movie was that Spike that he would do something proactive that he would like get up one day and, like, get himself a new pair of boots without stealing, without um, uh, mugging. Yeah, that's also stealing. Anyway, but that he would would manage to get himself a new pair of boots. But basically, that was the whole thing, that Spike was going to do something proactive and manage it and finish it. And then the TV movie didn't take off. But I think that it was incorporated into Spike Into the Light, which is one of the comic books um, that James then either wrote or co-wrote, which is kind of cool. And then, uh, as I mentioned, I asked Priceless for information, and she also said that she didn't really think that Spike could carry his own show, that he works best as a psychic, and she mentions that he does have his own comics, uh, uh, and here's what she wrote, is that he was like a private investigator in Asylum where he investigates a missing girl in a rehab center. Sounds weird, but was actually really good. He meets a psychic fish called Betta George, who is a fan favorite. Uh, and adds that she wasn't sure if Asylum is actually canon or not. And that also, like, later on, like, obviously now he's with Buffy in the Buffy comics, but that he also, like, helped the San Francisco police working in their supernatural divisions and immediately when you hear these plot arcs or these plot lines 
I mean, it is basically Spike being a vampire detective. And, I mean... <laughs> the psychic moment aside. That sounds familiar. I mean, I can yeah. understand that those ideas may not have been particularly viable right as Angel was ending, because, like, obviously it would just be, like, a replacement for that, and maybe that wouldn't have been uh, such a viable business idea. Um, so, yeah, I think that they... Spike probably does better in the comics, actually. Um, like Priceless mentioned that he mans a spaceship manned by bugs who love him. <laughs> that sounds pretty fun. Uh, and obviously now he can be with Buffy, which uh, Buffy fans obviously, obviously love in a Spike movie. I don't think that would have happened because Sarah Michelle Gellar probably wouldn't have wanted to appear. No, probably not. Um, no, especially yeah. if it contains like bugs and face. Yeah. <laughs> I think she would. I think her response would be along the lines of, "Are oh, you all completely stoned?" <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess for Spike, the comics is kind of the best thing for his character, really. Um, well, and to add to that, Spike's continuation in the comics is, it's it's the inevitable way for that character to continue because let's not forget that Spike doesn't age but James Masters does Um, (laughs) and I believe he's just recently celebrated his birthday I think he was 58 oh wow he's 58 58 oh he's old 58 (laughs) maybe maybe that's maybe that's not quite right (laughs) I'm trying to think whether he's 58 or not Wait, wow, I... I, I, I uh, no, I think I'm completely off. I think I'm thinking of someone else who's 58. But okay. I, don't, I actually don't think it's him. 55. 55, okay, yeah, that sounds more 55. reasonable. Okay, uh, I just added three years to his age for some random reason. Um, I do apologise, James. <laughs> I do like, however, that Priceless mentioned that in the comics, because there's like this thing with magic going away, and that Dawn started to fade away and that people started to forget about her, but that Spike came back to be with her as she was fading away. Um, and that he stuck around, like, with her. And that made me think, like, if they, there had been a Spike movie, it would have been nice. Because obviously I don't think that Sarah Michelle Gellar would have returned, but I think it's very possible that other characters like Dawn would have been able to be in it and it would have been nice to maybe get to see his relationship either repaired or developed with these other characters in a TV movie from the yeah. show like maybe Sander maybe Dawn maybe some more Anya um, so in a sense I don't I, I think that the comics is the best uh, thing for him but yeah. it, a TV movie could have been fun if they had been able to get that off the ground like a simple TV movie about Spike being able to do one thing, like get a pair of new ba- new pair of boots without stealing them. Like it could actually have been pretty fun to watch, uh, especially if you got like these other characters in there. Um, so it could be more about Spike having a relationship to other people than Buffy, because um, he did have quite a nice relationship with Dawn in season five, um, and um, and obviously he was a. Uh a primary kind of caregiver at the start of season six as well. 
And, um, I mean, let's and, be honest, he and Sandra have lived together twice. Uh, people need to start shipping these two guys together because they know stuff about each other. I think a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> there is ten- There is romantic tension there, I'm just saying. Just kind of thinking of what I've always envisioned for Spike is I kind of had a little idea, and I'm just going to kind of put it out there, that the sort of idea that I think would really work for a character like Spike. I don't know if... Uh, well, Taki's never going to have seen it, because Taki doesn't watch any films. <laughs> but <laughs> some of the listeners might have recently seen the latest Wolverine movie. It's yeah. Logan. Haven't seen it. Uh, well, there's a big surprise. <laughs> I don't even think you've seen any X-Men movie full stop. I have, have. I have seen... What? I've seen the first three, and then there was that first one with Jennifer Lawrence uh, when she was Young Mystique. I can't remember what that one was called. First class. Yes. And then I saw the first movie about Wolverine. Oh, the bad Wolverine movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which was uh, turned me <laughs> off of all Wolverine movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, this uh, this is the third Wolverine movie. And which is also, do we need three Wolverine? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm getting, yeah. Just continue. Just go with it. <laughs> He's a great character. Hugh Jackman plays him brilliantly. He's not always had the best solo stories. Does he um, also not age? Because he must be pretty old. Like. He he ages, but very slowly. Mm. Um, so the must be the adamantium. Well, you know, you see the his. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. Right. So <laughs> his mutant power is he has like these healing powers, so he can heal from gunshots and. Um, he can basically heal from anything, and he also has this sort of slow aging. So when they put the adamantium skeleton on him, they choose him because his power is this regeneration. So he can actually take this adamantium skeleton. Oh, yeah, I do um, I remember that. That's probably in the first movie. But we find out in Logan, uh, which is set, I think it's set in, uh, I'm, just, I'm going to embarrass myself again, but I think it's set in 2029, I think. So it's set in the future, and his mutant powers are failing uh, because the adamantium that's sort of attached to his skeleton is essentially killing him. Hmm. So he's being poisoned by this metal, and because he's being poisoned by this metal, his you know his powers don't work the way they should. Um, the the whole premise of the film Logan is um, it's like an adaptation of a very uh, popular. X-Men comic book storyline called Old, Old Man Logan. Um, and it's basically when Logan is old. Um, and anyway, so Logan is a fantastic film and it's really, honestly, the best Wolverine movie by far. It's outstanding. But the reason I bring it up is Logan is set in the future and it's a future where mutants don't exist. Um, and I'm not going to go into why they don't exist and how they don't exist, but only a small number of mutants still exist in the world, and one of them is uh, Logan himself, and the other is uh, Professor X. So it's essentially him and Professor X, so Patrick Stewart is phenomenal in this film. So it turns into like a bit of a buddy movie between him and Professor X. But ultimately, mutants are no more, and that's part of the storyline. And the reason I kind of bring it up is, I kind of see a Spike movie it being very similar you know, in, in a, a future world where, say, for example, there are no more vampires. 
there's there's literally nothing but there for some reason spikes that exist because he's got a soul you know what does that mean for him as as this sort of ageless timeless vampire with a soul uh, perhaps angels still alive as well perhaps it can be like some buddy movie bet- you know between both of these insole vampires but i would like i would have i think i would have liked to have seen that side to spike because without vampires uh would there be any slayers and how do you find your place in the world when you know you're literally the last of your kind and there's no one else but you're going to live forever so why would you want to see that with spike because he'll get his shirt off uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not the reason. I no, it's literally, <laughs> it's literally something that popped into my head the other day when I was looking into the Spike movie backstory, and I just thought, yeah, I think I think that would be quite interesting because the whole, like you mentioned earlier about Spike being a private investigator, well, we've kind of seen that before. So I suppose putting I'm Spike in a situation the, that I suppose I'm fine with the general idea of that, but I would prefer to see it with Angel because I don't think Spike is interesting with or without his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, they could like pair up hmm? because it could be like this. Um, maybe like oh my god, some... I'm picturing them now walking off together in the sunset, holding hands. I know, so was I. <laughs> <laughs> I totally was. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, it's literally, like I said, something that's popped into my mind. I really don't think that Hollywood's going to come knocking on James Masters' door and saying, oh, my God, we've had this amazing idea. We heard it on a podcast. It's Spike meets Logan and let's do it. So I really don't think it's going to happen. But Logan's a great story. And I think Spike has the potential for great stories. But it's not going to be anything that we've kind of seen before it needs to be an original story it doesn't need to be a rehash of spike loves buffy and buffy does she love spike and angel and blah 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 it doesn't need to be any of that it needs to be something new well, I think that um, that's but they would the, never do it so. i think that's the perennial problem for the character of spike is that it is like pretty much everything he does is a bit like it's coming after angel so i mean even if you prefer spike i mean most of the things spike does angel did first so, like, in terms of a TV show and whatnot, it would be hard to come up with something that would be truly an original Spike. Um, because he always, he obviously, if he's going to be the lead, he kind of has to be good. Because in a sense, like, I really love the book um, Pretty Mates All in a Row, which is about Drizzle and Spike when they're evil. Uh, which I think is uh, pretty great. But obviously you can have... I mean, it would be hard to make a show when they were evil and, like, killing people and have people root for them. Yeah. So it would be, have to, the show would kind of have to be post him getting a soul. Yeah. Because I know on the board, Fool for Buffy uh, mentions specifically, I need the Fanged Four, a show about the epic journey of Angelus, Darla, Drusilla and Spike. Ah, that would be great. Uh, and the troubles they encountered on their quest to reign terror on all the world. Um, yeah, it's a great idea for a show. I would agree. It, <laughs> that would be great as a comic book, because let's face it, all of those actors have way past go in terms of playing their vampire personas again. So that would probably make a great comic book. I would I probably <laughs> consider buying that. 
I don't know. I mean, I follow Julie Benz on Instagram, and she looks amazing. Like, she has not aged a day, I swear. She has most definitely aged a day. No, she hasn't. I mean, she has a very flat stomach, but she has most definitely aged a day. Maybe from the schoolgirl outfit she has, but she still looks amazing. <laughs> she looks amazing, and Drusilla looks, or Julie Landau looks even more amazing. But David Boreanaz and James Marsters look like old men by now, so. <laughs> and let's basically, <laughs> they're the ones we want to see with their tops off, so. I'm sure a lot of the listeners would like to see. Darla and Drusilla without their tops on <laughs> yeah, as well. Let's not be sexist yeah, here. Yeah, but they're never going to get their wish, so <laughs> we will. <laughs> I think the Fang Four, I think, like you say, I think it would be a really interesting idea. But there's even if the technology was around to de-age these people, I think it would be really difficult to find a protagonist to root for in a show where you've got four vampires killing lots and lots of innocent people. Um, yeah, because I mean, I uh, I haven't watched the originals, which is a Vampire Diaries spinoff, and I think that those vampires might be kind of evil or evil. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think that with with the Fang Four, you're so locked in because you can't have them turning good. Like you can't really show the nuances without retroactively kind of ruining what happened on Buffy or Angel. Yeah. So you're kind of hamstrung by these big shows that already are. Uh, so you kind of need to keep them purely evil to not yeah. ruin anything that comes later. Yeah, that, there would be no journey for these characters no. to go on. It would, well, no, no metaphorical journey. I mean, they could journey across countries killing and maiming, you know, and whatever. But they would start evil and they would finish evil and there would be nothing in between other than maybe some very cool action shots of killing exactly and maiming and torturing um so yeah i think i think that's definitely problematic but it could potentially work as a comic book um, i definitely think that it could and it it sounds like it would be a pretty great comic book because we would also get to see more of the master i bet and i really like the master yeah i mean that would be really interesting to see more of before the fanged four like you know with the master and with Dala and yeah I think there's there is a rich history of uh, characters there that it would be amazing to tap into and find out more about them but again they are evil so <laughs> it's really difficult to root for them and say yeah you kill that innocent tavern wench go for it go for know. the baby too <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but from a character point of view I think it would be interesting should we move on yes. to our number two in our countdown, which was Ripper? Yeah. Um, which is both of our number one. Yeah, I think there's so much that we don't know about Ripper. Seriously, there's so much that could have been done with the Ripper show, because you could have gotten to see flashbacks of young Giles, and Giles when he's into dark magic, and Giles getting into the Watcher's Council, Council and Giles whatever he was doing when he was not in Buffy during season six and seven uh, with the Watchers count. I mean, there's just so much with Giles you could do and like all his, cause he's basically just the dad figure on Buffy. You don't, I mean, you get to see him like date Jenny and he has Olivia for a visit, 
but you don't really know much about his private life or like the friends he has or yeah whatever like like when Buffy walks into his house it's because she expects him to always be available to her because he always has been because he doesn't have a life in Sunnydale besides Buffy he has his life back in England so when he goes back there like obviously when we see him there with Willow he has like a house and horses and stuff so like there's so much there we don't know about Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and I really, really, really want to find out more about his past with Ethan. Yeah, me too. Because it's mentioned a few times, the few times that we see Ethan, and there's obviously there's obviously a very rich history there. They and, I mean, a honestly, for, together and... for a small character, Ethan is one of, like, the standouts of the show, and it's partly because of his relationship to Giles. Uh, and I would just, yeah, I would love to see his relationship to Ethan explored. And I feel yeah. like it would also open up, like, you could have Wesley come there. Or actually, yeah. no, never mind, Wesley dies. <laughs> but you, yeah, but you could have past Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and now I just rub salt in my wounds again, reminding myself that Wesley died. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, like, there's just, so much with also like because the watchers council is kind of not the big bad on Buffy but it's one of you know it, it is a bad you know that she liberates herself from and even though she agrees to work with them later on obviously the watchers council is like this archaic power structure that doesn't really fit into Buffy's life so it is kind of a big bad in a sense and it would be so interesting to explore that from the Watcher Council's point of view through Giles, since he obviously takes Buffy's side, but at one point he was a committed Watcher, and he was yeah. in that whole organization and knows that organization. See, I would really like to find out. We we know from, like, Giles's history that, you know, his father kind of set him aside and told him, I think when he was 10 or something, you know, you're destined to be a watcher. But why is he destined to be a watcher? You know, what what's the history? How do you get in? What tests do you have to pass? Um, it, it's just, I don't, you know, obviously Buffy's destiny was always to be the slayer, but and Giles' destiny was always to be the watcher. But how, why, what, when, you know, all of these questions about the Watchers Council and the training that you go through and how do you get your Slayer and how does it all work? And just so many questions. It's it's a little bit like, um, you know, Anne Rice novels. They have like the Telemasca uh, Society, which kind of keeps, I mean, they're kind of a caste system thing. Um, Anyway, they're kind of a secret society and they like keep track of like all these supernatural stuff and she explores that in some of her books and it is really interesting to get the point of view of the people in the telemasca as opposed to the vampires in the other books and I think that that's what would have been great with the Ripper show that like you would get the other side of the story you know yeah oh absolutely and I think I just think there's such a wealth of of content there I just couldn't see how a Ripper show couldn't work. The only sort of caveat I have about it is that Anthony Head 
wouldn't be able to play a young ripper. Well, no. But he, could, have, he could play a current ripper. Well, he would have to be the current ripper, but then they could have flashbacks, and then somebody else could play young Giles, obviously. Because then, you know... Yeah, but he, I'd worry that he wouldn't be as good an actor. Well, I'm sure they would find a fine British <laughs> actor, because you know what? There are a lot of fine British actors. Oh, Tom Hiddleston would be good, don't you think? <laughs> My God, stop obsessing about Hiddleston. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he takes his shot? <gasps> oh, so many, so many storylines, because, you know, when, when young Giles joins the Watchers Council and he has to take his shirt off for evaluation. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, not to okay. mention that he's a bit short. No, he isn't. Yes, he is. He's quite tall, I think. I see. I just kind of picture him as really short, but I guess that's because I'm picturing him next to um, Hemsworth. He's, like, very tall. I Yeah, I think Hemsworth is incredibly tall. Um, let me just check these statistics for <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. Uh, 1.88 meters. How tall is that? <laughs> How tall is that in like feet and inches? Um, I that's probably like six. Five, I, I have no idea. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm googling it. <laughs> I'm googling. It. Uh, six foot one. Six foot one. Yeah. So I think I think that's a good height. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And certainly not. Short. No, that's certainly not short. I, I, I think my perspective is skewed by Thor. <laughs> well, I think they make, they obviously make Thor look big, don't they? Because, you know, he's the god of thunder. He's supposed to be this large. Yeah, but Loki's supposed to be being. a frost giant. He should also be kind of giant, technically. Yeah, but he was a small frost giant. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm that, sorry, I didn't really... mean to mock him for his condition. I'm sure he has <laughs> felt bad about it his whole life. Well, because that's, that's kind of the whole point, though, isn't it? Is that the Frost Giants had this baby, and it was a small baby, and so they left it to die, and that's where Odin found the baby. I'm just going from the Thor movie. I'm not going from the... <laughs> <laughs> the folklore that you know so well. I'm literally going from when Anthony Hopkins picks up this baby that's really small. <laughs> uh, well, for a frost giant baby, I, I assume. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that film. So, what were we talking about? We How were talking <laughs> because you want Hiddleston in everything except for Taylor Swift's bed. So, you of course had to cast him as Young Giles. <laughs> Um, to be honest, I think Hiddleston's probably a bit too old to play young Giles. Probably, yes. Yeah, because I think he's mid-30s, so... Um, yeah, I think if they're going to play young Giles, they definitely need someone who's... But I do think that, you know... Early 20s. A, a thing with the Ripper show would obviously be that it would have to be set in England. Of course. So... That would make it a different animal immediately from Buffy... An angel, which I think is a very positive thing, but I'm not sure how that works in terms of, you know, like, because uh, we have to think about, you know, like the fact that this was several years ago. So I'm not sure how that would have worked with networks and whatnot, but I could totally see it being made into a Netflix movie or a series now. Well, it was when they muted the original uh, Ripper TV show, it was actually, it was going to be a joint collaboration, I think, between Joss and with the BBC. Oh, okay, yeah. Because um, back, 
because back then the the BBC were actually airing Buffy. Well, in the first few seasons they aired Buffy, so there was a, a link between the BBC and the earlier seasons of Buffy. And yeah, apparently it was they had an agreement that they were going to go ahead. And I think it was literally just Joss was busy doing Dollhouse. So they said, oh, well, after then. And then I think it was literally just funding because obviously the BBC is publicly funded. So they have certain rules and they have certain guidelines uh, of how to spend public money. And um, Well, this would have been a great way to do it. It, it would have, and I think it. I think it still is, but I. I think it's. I don't think it's something the BBC would even contemplate now. I think that back then, you know, when Buffy finished, um, I definitely think that there was a lot of scope there. But Buffy's been off our screens for a long time, and other than you know, we, that Buffy still does have a very dedicated fan base. But I think TV networks, are, they kind of want what's relevant and what's here and now, and I don't think they would sadly invest in a Ripper TV show now. Probably not, but it would have been great to have gotten it back then. Oh, I do, but, but I do think that if anything was going to be made now, I still think that the Ripper show would have been the one. Uh, I think I, I do think that's the one that has the most potential. Yeah. I, I guess that's I the one that agree. doesn't kind of, it doesn't have to measure up to Buffy, it doesn't have to measure up to Angel, so I really do feel like that's the one that would have been like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got actually, uh, <laughs> I've got actually a, a quote here from Joss. Um, it said he gave an interview to uh, TV Week, James Hibbard, and was non-committal about Ripper. He said, uh, basically, when asked if there was any news, he said there isn't anything new. It might become too problematic. The rights issue with Ripper becomes complicated. There are other characters in the woods. We may have to do some fancy footwork. Obviously, I'm committed to Dollhouse, but that does not mean I'm not doing Ripper. So that was obviously while he was doing Dollhouse. Um, and then he said, um, Ripper fell victim to a lot of things, most of them contractual. Uh, at this point, all I know is I'm going to do something with Tony for the BBC, and I don't know what it is. Actually, I kind of do know what it is, but I haven't figured it out enough to tell anybody. But I think it probably won't be Ripper. Um, and I can tell you that he didn't do anything with Tony and the BBC uh, because nothing ever materialised. So, yeah, it was obviously some issue with the rights. Which is um, a real shame. It is. Um, uh, obviously... Spike, or Spike, uh, James Marsters in that CPR TV uh, interview also said that the Spike movie didn't happen because of legal issues. So it's, like, as a fan, it's kind of frustrating to see these things fail because of, like, rights and stuff, which you understand is a big deal, but... It's just, it's a bit frustrating. Yeah, because I think where where it comes to characters in Buffy, I think there are very complicated issues with the rights. Um, certain people have rights to the characters. Certain people have rights to the shows and, you know, anything that's produced from the show, such as, you know, DVDs or any sort of marketing figures, that sort of thing. Everyone kind of gets a slice of the pie uh, who has rights. Um, Which includes Dolly Parton. It does include <laughs> Dolly Parton, which is amazing. Um, so let's just yeah, blame think... her. <laughs> no, she's amazing. <laughs> I think she's a great lady, and she's one of those ladies that I would actually really love to meet, and I'm not, like, a particular fan of her music or anything, but I would just love to meet her. <laughs> I really this will me or now, but whenever I 
hear or think about Dolly Parton, the one thing I think about is working nine to five, the movie, which exactly. is one of my favorite movies ever, and her singing that song. Um, which I may or may not kind of quietly think to myself every Monday morning. <laughs> it's hard to make a living. Uh, okay, well, I don't think there's anything else we can say about Ripper other than we would actually, the one thing that we agree on in life yeah. is Ripper. Which is which is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And we should all start watching for the Four Horsemen to come anytime soon. They are coming. I swear to God. They, they, will, they will be here. Uh, inevitably. Well, you know, Four Horsemen, nukes from Korea. You I know, feel like same I need old, to counterbalance really. this agreeing by saying something horrible about Spike. <laughs> Why would you do that? To counterbalance the evil we're creating by agreeing. Okay, do it. Do it. Pull it, pull it off like a band-aid. Come on. <laughs> he doesn't look as good without a shirt as you think he does. No, I'm just kidding. I have nothing bad to say right now. <laughs> now, that's not like you. Are you feeling okay? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling very upset about agreeing with you, and I think we should move on to Faith, because this is I, I think we have kind to. of shaking me to the core a little bit, you damp squid you. <laughs> okay, so... So the winner on the poll, on the boards, was Faith. Overwhelmingly, people want to see a show about Faith. I suppose that's um, not too surprising, because for a character who has a relatively small amount of episodes she appears in, she is very popular, and she is kind of like Giles, one of those characters because it's not like Angel, it's not like Spike, because we do see a lot of flashbacks with them on the shows. Uh, but both, like, Giles and Faith, we kind of see nothing about their past. Like, we hear things, yeah. but we see nothing about what they've been up to before. And they're both just kind of these untapped sources for material. I think I need to kind of go back to what you said earlier, though. In the Obviously, we agreed that Ripper would be a pretty unique yes. uh, look at um, a spin-off of the show, whereas Spike would literally just probably be a copy of Angel, and Faith is essentially a, a copy of Buffy. Yeah, it would be like and Spike would be Angel with more bleach, and Faith would be Buffy with like a motorcycle or something. Like it, it would essentially be the same with like these tiny details tweaked and obviously new characters added but well faith was always a bit of a lone wolf though yeah but he would have to have it's kind of like angel is a lone wolf but he still has cordy and gun and west so you know they would probably build something like that around faith as well i tried really really hard to think of a scenario with faith that i think would actually work obviously this is kind of, it's by the by that Eliza Dushku didn't actually want to do it. She actually turned it down. Whether that was good for her career or not, I think is a matter of opinion, because she went on to do, uh, was it True Calling? Yes. And then Dollhouse. Yes. Do you think that her career would be different if she'd done Faith? Well, I think she would probably definitely have been more typecast as the Faith type, but I... Like I've said on the boards, I think that Eliza Dushku is one of the prettiest human beings on earth. And if I could look like her for just a day, I would probably be extremely happy for that day. Um, oh, you want to look like me? <laughs> oh, so sweet. 
But <laughs> I don't think she is the strongest actress. So I think she was kind of born to play Faith. But the other characters that she has done, I've never been impressed by her acting or felt like she was particularly capable. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of feel like if she had gone for Faith, I'm like... It's not the worst thing in the world to be typecast if you want a career because, like, she's not going to be a movie star anyway. So what's wrong with being typecast if you do one thing really well? Um, yeah, but like you say, Faith, you know, she was never a main character. She was the, the second slayer. She wasn't in it for very many episodes. However, she obviously did get a, a large fan following. But I think when it comes to a character like Faith, can she really lead a show like Buffy? Could she do what Sarah Michelle Gellar did really well, which was essentially lead a, a, a group of misfits I mean, you know, I on, on an adventure? The problem here for me is that I, I think she probably could have, but I'm not sure the TV climate at the time was ready for it because... I know I haven't seen Jessica Jones, but from what people tell me about it, I feel like Faith could have been kind of like a dark heroine like her more. She wouldn't have been like the good hero like like Buffy necessarily. She wouldn't have to have been a darker kind of character. And I think that now people are ready to see that, but I'm not entirely sure that that was the case in the TV climate back then. Like if they yeah, think that they were obviously... Faith would like a Faith spin-off would obviously have had to have been a bit darker than Buffy. Yeah, because I think it was back in like 2003 they were talking about it initially, yeah. and it was a different TV arena back then. I mean, you mentioned Jessica Jones because we actually were just speaking a little bit about Jessica Jones before we started recording, and I absolutely loved Jessica Jones and I think she is that sort of anti-hero she works alone she is standoffish she has all these bad qualities but as a, a lead character in her own show she actually works quite well but she doesn't really have she does have friends but she tries to distance herself from them because of the experiences that she's had <laughs> that's what I can um, see for a faith show but i like, yeah, I don't think that that was necessarily on the cards then. So if they weren't going to do that, I'm not sure that Faith would have worked without being more like a Jessica Jones type of character. It would either have ended up a clone of Buffy, which wouldn't have worked really, I don't think, for Faith's character. Because, yeah, I think Faith could make friends. And I think deep down she was just an insecure girl who needed support. And I think... It would have been quite easy for her, had certain circumstances been different, for her to integrate into the Scoobies. And I think that could have potentially worked. But I don't know. I just kind of really struggled to see. I see, in my head, I could see Faith on a motorcycle, travelling round, killing vampires. And, you know, I could, I could see her doing that for one or two episodes. But I couldn't see her make a show out of that. I couldn't see her be, that being a long-term investment for Eliza. And I think that's probably what Eliza thought as well. Yeah, I mean, I, essentially turned the show I think down. she would obviously have had to be more stationary. It couldn't have been just her traveling around on a motorcycle, because I don't think that would have worked. But um, 
as I pumped Priceless for information about what's going on with Faith in the comic books, it seems like she's also one of those characters who has really benefited from the comic books. Um, obviously, like, I think this would have been kind of great to see as a show, but that was never really on the cards, and that is that she and Giles teams up. Uh, like, um, I think in London, and she kind of is given the opportunity to blossom under his affection, and I'm borrowing that phrase from Priceless. Um, that he's, like, giving her tough jobs, and, like, there's a bit of a Pygmalion kind of a plot where he teaches her how to be a lady, um, and there's also which would have been pretty great to see in the show if it had happened just like if Giles had visited that there's a scene where she sees his mark of Igon on his arm and they kind of bond over their juvenile delinquency. Um, So I could see the two of them really bonding as characters if given the opportunity that he could have guessed starred and appeared on a Faith show. I think that would have been pretty cool because also apparently one of the storylines for Faith is that she goes through a bit of a suicidal phase when her dad's re- when her dad reappears in her life. Uh, and he's like this alcoholic and she finds out that he's been working for evil and she kind of wants to have her mind wiped and stuff like that. And I feel like if the show had tapped into stuff like that in her past, I feel like that's a lot to explore. Um, but it would still have to... I mean, it would still be Buffy light because she would still be a vampire slayer and going around killing demons and stuff. So, yeah, in that sense. But apparently also in the comics, she does become a bit of a mother substitute to a couple of young slayers, uh, which like helps her to mature and she gets... Giles's London house and stuff like that and I feel like uh, the Buffy show left off obviously there's a lot of potential sound in the world so that could have been a part of the Fate show that she like has like a potential as a sidekick or like obviously not a potential anymore it would also be a slayer but that she would have like a young slayer as a sidekick and suddenly I feel like I'm talking about Cena, Warrior Princess and Cena and Gabrielle <laughs> But that worked. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering, did Priceless mention anything about... Because there was uh, an Angel and Faith yeah, comic she book just line that, well. uh, And that she moves to London and works with Angel. And um, spoilers, if you haven't read the comics, dun, 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 dun. Dun, skip forward now because Giles dies and leaves Faith his money and his house and stuff so she feels validated and kind of loved and is set up for life more or less and then Angel tries to resurrect Giles and Faith is with him on that journey and it's a bit like the scully to his molder um, as Priceless described it and you know she has her thing and he has his thing but that they're basically helping each other and that like Angel rescues her when she tries to get get her mind wiped by Drusilla, by the way. And, uh, yeah, like, so so she and Angel work together um, for a while. So it seems like Faith had a really good run in the comics with both Giles and Angel. But I think that only Giles would have been 
available for show because I don't think Mr. Boreanaz being Mr. I don't look back, he probably wouldn't have wanted to reprise his role as Angel um, for a guest slot. I actually really like the idea of Faith kind of going round and and, uh, picking up kind of random, you know, new slayers. Maybe like, you know, taking these girls under her wing and because we know Faith hasn't had a particularly brilliant life and we know that not all slayers are perfect sort of blonde cheerleader type. It's just about Um, that, you know, like on season, like in season seven and Buffy, when we see Faith interact with the potentials, I mean, that was interesting. Obviously, yeah. she's not necessarily great uh, or superb with everything, but I don't think she makes. I mean, like obviously the the show with Buffy, so but Sophie is never really going to win that. So she takes them into the trap where they get blown up and blah blah blah. But um, I do think that that showed that she could be a leader. Like Buffy doesn't always make the best decisions as a leader either, uh, and I think that that. Faith with the potentials in season seven was a bit of a glimpse into what she might have been in as a leader in her own show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking about it. Like, mm, yeah. Can we talk about Shirley's <laughs> bike again? <laughs> no, honestly, now I'm thinking about it, I am kind of seeing a bit more potential. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Um, in potential Faith storyline, you know, involving all of the new slayers. Yeah, it would always have to pick up after Buffy Season 7, so there would have to be all these potentials milling about. I'm warming to the idea of uh, a face. (laughs) Like 14 years Uh, But I I still prefer Ripper. (laughs) But I think it just kind of shows just how brilliant the, the comic book series actually are, and I've not really read any of them, so I can't really comment on the quality of, of the writing or the artistry or anything but it's great that these characters can actually live on and you know their stories can live on and although we don't have these spin-off shows and that's unfortunate because there is such a wealth of material especially for someone like but Lisa, i mean it's also kind of great is, because obviously the comic books aren't constrained by what actor is available exactly. so you know you can team up faith with Giles and you can team up faith with Angel and you can bring back Kara and you can have Spike run a bug infested spaceship if you I mean it's just like you don't really have the same limitations which can be bad but it's also good you know because you can do whatever you want as you feel the story needs it and you don't have to go like oh well David didn't want to come back so I guess we'll just do something else, you know. Uh, so in that sense, uh, I totally understand why people love the comics because the, they kind of allow for a more genuine story in a sense that uh, you can write as, as you wish. Although I am always disappointed to know that there will be no more CGI snake demons because <laughs> I am a big fan of the CGI snake demon and um, I'd be really happy to see a spin-off just about any CGI snake we didn't get to see uh, a spin-off where Spike has a psychic fish named Better George. I mean, (laughs) he has a psychic fish. That sounds... That sounds um, lone sharky delicious. (laughs) I think we should move on. (laughs) Um, There are actually two 
other spin-offs that we're not really going to go into a great deal of detail because, well, they weren't brilliant. But there was a Buffy animated series. Hey, I lo- what do you uh, mean that wasn't brilliant? I saw a clip of that and I would have loved that. Yeah, but would you really have loved it? If you think about, like, back in uh, 2002, there was... It said the series was originally greenlit in 2002, um, and there are six scripts somewhere in the world. I've tried to find them. I can't find them. Uh, I really, really tried hard to find them. Um, I really, but, really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but this was kind of a time, really, when there was no... Maybe there was South Park, um, and p- possibly there was South Park, but generally there was no kind of animation that was more adult-based. And I don't think that they could have... Although they did say that it was set in season one of Buffy, so maybe it could have been like a, a kid's TV show, but I don't know. I just don't think it could have really I'm worked. I'm just like, what do you mean and maybe there was South Park? <laughs> Starbucks has been around since, like, 97, since, like, Buffy. Yeah, I just couldn't remember when South Park started. I know South Park's been on for a long, long time, but I didn't know when it started. <laughs> I focus on all the important and things. I didn't want to, <laughs> and I didn't want to embarrass myself by saying, oh, yeah, South Park started in 1972 and uh, finished in uh, 1976, because that would have been completely I incorrect. Think you'll find um, out that it started in 1922. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, those kids in South Park are looking great for their age. They they age just like the Simpsons. They do, I know. Um, it's a miracle. I don't know how an animated series could have potentially worked. Bear in mind, if they wanted to set it in season one, so it was like a high school well, show, would, would that oh. have been on like Nickelodeon or something? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would have been a bit like a Scooby-Doo kind of kids show. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't see. I can't see. I just Christina, can't see it working. And not I, everything can feature shirtless spike. Okay? Well, exactly. It's season one. It needs some shirtless spike in it. It, it just won't work. <laughs> I guess I just, uh, I don't know. I, I like the idea of the, like, kind of a animated show for kids, because I feel like then they could get introduced to Buffy, and then they could watch real Buffy later, I don't know. But obviously, a lot of kids watched Buffy when they were way younger than I am, or was. So, maybe the... I mean, I guess nowadays, they don't need an anime to show. They just go right for the real stuff. And also, um, they basically said that the the series was unproduced and unaired because no network was actually willing to buy it. And TV networks will buy complete herds <laughs> of shows. So the fact that no network... stuff like Firefly. Oh, no, Firefly. Um, yeah, uh, TV networks are notoriously fickle when it comes to what they will and will not air. And, um, yeah, they thought that the animated series wasn't worth it. So oh. it never, ever got aired. Well, but I don't think that's a particular loss. I've got to be honest. Well, damp squid. <laughs> it was a total damp squid. You're right. <laughs> well done. Um, and the other damp squid we need to talk about is a mooted show called Slayer School, which honestly sounds like the worst idea. 
Really? Okay, so I can tell you all about yeah. it then. So it's going to be a school of potential, like Hogwarts. Yeah, basically. So Jane Espenson talked about um, this idea for Slayer School. She did, I think it was an interview with Ain't It Cool News, and and they did know that Charmed had probably by that time already done Magic School. Just saying, had they probably? Because that was in uh, around that time, I think. Anyway, carry on. Martin Oxen had a chat with Joss about Slayer School, and at the same time, Tim Minear was talking with him about the Faith series. So it was basically something that Jane Espenson mentioned a bit on a whim, really. And uh, yeah, essentially, it was going to be Hogwarts for potentials. <laughs> and, you know what? Um, I would probably have watched it. Well, if it wasn't a complete turd, that... I probably would have watched it because I watched something similar, like a TV movie. Well, it wasn't about slayers. It was more about witches and whatnot. Uh, and it was like a teen movie movie, and it was utterly garbage. But I still loved it. And I loved the whole, like, kind of a high school, magic school setting. And I, even if it was garbage, I was like, I want to watch this. I want more of this. Why haven't they made more of this? Fun fact, uh, Eric Belfour, I think he's Jesse from Buffy, was in it. Um... Did he die in that as well? I can't remember. I just remember that the cute guy died, and then I was so pissed that I was like... Did you think No, 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 he, it wasn't him. It was another guy. Another guy oh. was a cute guy, and he died, and I was like, well, I, I don't even care if this show carries on anymore, because who cares? The cute guy died, um, which showed my priorities at the time. But I'm just saying that even if it had been total <laughs> garbage, I probably would have watched Slayer School. Well, it basically said that... The show might have used some of the potentials who became Slayers after Chosen um, and other characters from Buffy, which might have included Willow. Hmm, that could have been interesting. Um, I suppose I'm using going to use the pun again, potentially. I think but for Alison Panigan's career, How I Met Your Mother was probably better, but... Well, yeah, definitely. Still think uh, it could have been interesting. <laughs> I've always felt that the potentials were the weakest point of season seven. There were a lot of weak points in the season potential seven. Spike. But the potentials are... <laughs> no, not Spike. He gets his shirt off, therefore he's not weak. <laughs> he's strong. You know, now, now you're just fulfilling your husband's uh, prejudice about our podcast, but all we do is talk about the <laughs> <with> Spike. <laughs> well, you've been talking about Angel, so yeah. That's genuinely what he thinks we do, is you talk about how hot Angel is, and I talk about how hot Spike is, and and then we agree to disagree at the end. To be fair, though, <laughs> what else is there to say? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, a thousand downloads of this, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I can't even remember what I was saying. All I can think about is shirtless spike. Oh, say a school. Yeah, I always thought the potentials were weak. They were just a but I mean, the thing is that they get introduced to a they were weak in the girls. context of Buffy because they took away from the story we cared about, that is Buffy and the core four and all of that. And it felt like in the last season of Buffy, it should have been way less new characters and way more focus on old characters. So I feel like the potentials, if you remove them from the context of Buffy and the characters we originally cared about, there is definitely potential to the potential to carry <laughs> their own show because then, you know, like like the writing would have to 
cause us to get invested in these new characters. So they would have to introduce the potentials in a completely different way as protagonists. And none of that other stuff, like none of the Buffy stuff would be there for us to want because that would just be over with. So, you know, they wouldn't be a distraction. Uh, and that's why I think that Slayer School could have been a thing because it would all have been up to the writing and, like, could they make us care for these girls? Maybe. I think that the only way Slayer School would have worked is if they were a completely new bunch of yes, girls. I think so, too. They would have to be a completely new bunch of girls. They couldn't, like, bring be- over the actors from uh, the show because I think that they would have been like a little bit tainted by the negativity of what the potential brought to season seven. Exactly. Like, um, I mean, <laughs> exactly. the majority of the potentials were annoying. I mean, and the only potential that everyone actually liked ended yes, up dead. That's, that's why so, they made us like her so they could kill her. I know, it's so mean, isn't it? <laughs> that was <It's> strategic. <laughs> Yeah, it's so mean. It happens on every single Joss show. It's just every single one. You like someone, they're gonna die. It's just it's just the way it goes. And I um, honestly feel like good for that actress that she did get to die, uh, and not be like if Slayer School had happened because she was a teenager in Freaks and Geeks and she was a teenager in Buffy season seven. There's a long period between that and it's got to suck to be old and still be playing a teenager. The people like you still look 15. Well, Charisma Carpenter was playing yeah, a teenager and she never she was like looked like a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Which was why on Angel she was suddenly 44, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it always makes me laugh when you look at the character development between Buffy Cordelia and Angel Cordelia and it's like, it's the same character, but... 20 years old. Yeah, you're like, yeah, she's she's not 20. <laughs> no. Honestly, if there was any sort of iteration of Slayer School that included Kennedy in any way, that would just be a total turn off. <laughs> For literally everyone in the world, apart from Blaze, who is quite vocal about her love Which for Kennedy. Which is just bizarre. No we might need to <laughs> strap her down and examine her brain. I think so. Um, and really, that's kind of it uh, with spin-offs. Um, none of them came to fruition. They all kind of died a bit of a death, but Do you it's think nice so? to kind of think about what they could have been. Do you think, though, that now, um, obviously now Whedon is in a bit of a controversy, but um, regardless of that, do you think that, like, because obviously you mentioned Frey at the start, and Frey is set in the future, do you think that there could ever be, like, a spin-off show set with, like, Slayers in the future? Kind of like that you would take Frey and adapt it for TV? Because it could be kind of cool. Because I feel like the TV climate now is so different. Like, Buffy and Angel uh, love them dearly, but they're kind of innocent in a way. Um... Like, like, I feel like I TV that, now is a lot rougher and a bit coarser, yeah. uh, a bit more daring. I, yeah, I think any sort of visual medium, you know, whether you look at TV or you look at cinema, there's a there's a big trend at the moment for 
sort of gritty realism and also you know superheroes are big business you know when you look at the christopher nolan batman movies i mean they are as gritty and as realistic as you could probably get in you know a batman uh, scenario and marvel are uh, a bit more kind of light hearted and a bit more sort of colorful but i certainly think that in the light of the netflix marvel shows obviously we've already mentioned jessica jones and i mean that tackles some very very serious and heavy stuff and i certainly think a sort of futuristic concept like frey i don't know a great deal about frey other than it's set in the future and she's a thief and a slayer yeah, I read frey. Um, so she's she's got that morally kind of gray area to her yeah, I, um, frey, like, I think that that possibly could work and when it came out so that was like a hundred years ago uh, I, I do remember <laughs> that it was a pretty cool comic and that she had like this twin brother and there was all like these kind of like emotional tension um, that was kind of cool and right now I want to say that there was a talking squid but that might be just because you and I have been talking about damn squid You're thinking so I might be projecting <laughs> But either way, I, I remember that it was a pretty cool comic. And just, like, thinking about how TV looks now, uh, I do think, like, if anything was going to be made, like, that could potentially be something because it could be so much more gritty and futuristic than it could have been in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah, I think it's something that, you know, if, it's, it's something to me that a network like Netflix would possibly pick up. And, and and run with it. And I think it would be very popular. I think with it being Buffy's 20th anniversary, the whole, you know, Buffy Slays 20 is, is big on, like, Twitter and Instagram still. So I think that it's kind of the right sort of time to look at that sort of thing. However, with the recent publicity surrounding Joss, I, I don't think that, anyone would pick up any of his work and say oh let's do this right now, not right now. <laughs> um, i don't think it's the right time um i think there's far too much controversy surrounding him and it, it may be that it's something that someone looks to in the future and, and i really hope that something like Frey is considered for uh, a live action treatment i think it could work really well uh, even if it's just a one-off series you know six episodes or or whatever i don't know how i think there was eight issues of the comics so maybe an eight episode run on netflix or something like that i think that would work really well um, but uh i don't think it will happen oh my god i just agreed <laughs> to you and my dog looked up like what just happened she gave me this very disturbed yep. look <laughs> you've agreed with me too yeah, many times even the dog is like on this podcast what is, yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> and this is after you tortured your dog to the treat before we started recording. <laughs> you did. You said you had a bone and you were refusing to give it to her. Because I was waiting for so the podcast mean. so she'd be occupied while we were podcasting and wouldn't be disturbing me. I saw her face <laughs> on video on Skype, dear listeners. And that poor, poor <laughs> dog, I just wanted to reach into the screen and ad adopt her and take her away from her mean mistress. <laughs> Is there anything else that we need to say? I don't know. Is that... I don't think so. Um, let me check my notes, my extensive notes. Is there anything else that I wanted to 
say. Mm, no. <laughs> That's it. My notes are done. <laughs> uh, what, what about your extensive notes? Uh, well, my extensive notes was basically a copy and paste of the private messages I had with Priceless. And we have more or less gone through them except for the spuffy stuff, which uh, wasn't... What's the well, like, what's going on what? with Spike and Buffy what? in the comics? But since since Buffy obviously wouldn't be in a Spike spinoff, that wasn't entirely relevant. So I didn't report on that. I'd just like to say that Buffy is always relevant. I would just like to say that no. And uh, <laughs> read the comics, you and them tell them. No. <laughs> um, or... I- or do I like I do and just PM Priceless and go like, dear, please, sweet, beautiful Priceless, help me. <laughs> I'd just like to say thank you to Priceless for putting up with Taki's inane requests for information. I would also like um, to thank her for that. Very kind of you to, <laughs> to assist her <laughs> because, you know, she PMs me occasionally too and I just try and ignore her, but it's very difficult because she just rabbits on a little bit. I know. Um, so I'd just like to say on the I'm not ignoring me anymore. On the t- <laughs> stop interrupting. I'll me. never stop. Um I just like to say <laughs> that on the uh look, seriously, I will cut you off. <laughs> financially and podcast wise. <laughs> oh no, not financially. <laughs> Is this when we tell them that you're my sugar mommy? Do you know, I did actually see a T-shirt online and I did think to myself, oh, that would be a great present for Taki, but I'm not buying it for you. I am not buying it for you. That is it. You don't know what it is, but you are not getting that T-shirt. Oh, whatever. Enjoy End that off. Swedish chocolate. <laughs> I am enjoying the Swedish chocolate. I'm enjoying it very much. I'm not eating very much of it because I'm trying to be good because I'm training, obviously, at the moment. Um doing, you know, a lot of weights and stuff, trying to get all spuffy buff, uh, or buffy, or buff, whatever we have. Basically, I'm training to become a slayer. I didn't want to, you know, divulge the information, but it's kind of out there now. So, yeah, I'm actually uh, slaying This is actually why we're doing this Um, episode, so that we can tell you that there will be a live YouTube series of Athena going out and slaying potential vampires. Vampires. Uh, in the dark of England. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, my trusty sidekicks, uh, I have a cat. But do you have a psychic fish? And, no, I have a psychotic <laughs> cat. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Um, do you know what? I don't even remember how we got onto this. I know we were talking about Spuffy. Oh, i tell you what it was, is that, before we started recording, we were talking about Titanic. We were talking about the Ship of Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and I posted a picture on my Facebook, and it was uh, Old Rose from Titanic. And all it says is, it was called the Ship of Dreams, and it was. It really was. And then there's a picture of Spuffy underneath. Mm. There you go. That's Facebook mm. for you. That's my <laughs> Facebook. That is literally my I Facebook. did not see that one, <laughs> and I'm glad I did not. No, I'm just kidding. I was I was gonna tag you. Yeah, like, like you <laughs> tagged me in the penis one. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I should 
explain that what? by uh, stating that Athena tagged me in a post where they explained that the Katniss and Peta <laughs> ship <laughs> name becomes Catpiss or Penis. <laughs> once a month about r- random Buffy stuff but you know at the end of the day we always have fun and we always have a laugh and I think that's kind of what we get out of it the most is that it doesn't matter you know yeah we love having a thousand downloads and having 61 downloads in a day it's amazing um, we never ever thought that we would ever get numbers like that to us it's just like astounding but for us the thing that we and I'm speaking for Taki here, obviously. This is also what she's saying, too. Um, oh, oh, we, genuinely, oh. <laughs> we genuinely just enjoy doing this. Um, <laughs> and we have so much fun. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's the main reason we do it, is that we love the show and we love talking about it and we sort of like each other sometimes-ish, maybe. Uh, but we have fun and that's, that's kind of the main thing. If you're going to go out there and do a podcast or whatever, then just have fun doing it. Then that's the, as, as a seasoned podcaster with over a thousand downloads, <laughs> I feel like oh, I now, am in the position to, to brag about it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know we've had over a thousand downloads? I, just, I don't think I've mentioned it. I feel like you haven't said genuinely in a while. Should we say genuinely again? <laughs> I, I I don't know what you mean. I genuinely don't know what you mean. Genuinely. Win. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't speak to you anymore. <laughs> okay. So to be honest, I think it's probably prudent um, that we we leave it here um, and say yeah. goodbye <laughs> because got nothing else to talk about and it would literally be Taki saying squid and me saying genuinely like for the end of time so genuinely I think, squid. I think squid genuinely <laughs> um that's it we're 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 done we will see you Bye. next month enjoy your month <laughs> genuinely <Squid. laughs>